Blog Talk Radio. It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned into quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana Thornton, and I am honored and excited that you've opted to join us live this Tuesday, June 28, 2016. As you know, summer is here, and we are quickly approaching the July 4th holiday. I hope you have one phenomenal holiday weekend, and also be safe out there. Now, you should know that this programming is a a national award-winning radio talk show that offers news talk to literally every single member of your household. You know, over the past three years, we've had the opportunity to be on air, and we've presented some very exclusive interviews on a variety of topics with leading experts and celebrity guests. Now, we have spotlighted the topics of health, law, politics, education, pop culture, music, and so much more. Do stay with your family radio talk show. Please continue to tell others about this very show. We continue to offer the content you want that impacts your life at some point. Right now, I would give a friendly reminder to please hashtag LTA Radio. Please hashtag LTA Radio, all caps, lowercase, right now, and let family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues know that you are tuned in right now because tonight we have one amazing dynamic guest lineup. That includes the one and only Beth Karras, who is the top legal analyst from television and radio. She joins me tonight to talk about the latest with the Freddie Gray case out of Baltimore. We will also spotlight the Orlando Club shooting. Will there be any legal ramifications with that case? And also, we will discuss Dylan Roof, uh, of course, the uh, suspect in the deadly Charleston shooting that took place last year. We're not done yet. We also will cover the latest in diabetes, a popular medical meeting uh, recently took place focusing on the disease, and we will talk about the adherence component of this very progressive disease with experts, Dr. Steve Edelman and Dr. William Pulaski. They will join me on air tonight, so you want to stay with us. Also, we will talk to work-life expert and psychologist, Dr. Woody Woodward, about balance in life. And you know what? Speaking of uh, balance in life, we're going to talk about weekend relaxation with the award-winning journalist, Kristen Hewitt. So you can see we have one full show lineup tonight. And of course, we also will feature our signature in the news where we highlight the top trending news of the hour. And of course, we love timely news, of course, dynamic talk and phenomenal music. And tonight, the music of one and only vocalist Michelle Johnson will broadcast. So you want to stay with us. 
Okay, everyone, let's talk America with host Shayna Thornton is set to kick it off now. We are offering exclusive conversations that impact your life. We present the timely news topics and dynamic and relevant talk. So please, right now, again, message all of your family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, everyone you know, and let them know that LTA Radio is on now. We're set to kick it off. Join us. Do you need to see a doctor today? and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. Hello, everyone. I'm Latosh Matthews from Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Hi, I'm Nikki Smith. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I love listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. I love the fact that it's a family-friendly show, and it has great guests, it has great music submissions, and I think she's doing a wonderful job, and I will continue to support it, and I encourage you to as well. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Hey, how you doing? This is L Hustle from Detroit, Michigan. You're now tuning into the Let's Talk America with your host, Shannon Thornton. Hi, this is Carol from Atlanta, Georgia, and I listen to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, as always, I would like to thank our national sponsors and partners. Your support truly is priceless. Hey, if you have an organization you're with or a group and you're interested in partnering with Let's Talk America Radio, please shoot us a quick email at admin at altaradio.com. Again, that email is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at ltaradio.com, and we will certainly address all of your advertising needs and concerns. I'd also be remiss if I did not acknowledge our weekly dedicated loyal listeners. Thank you for sticking with us, and also thank you so much for sharing your weekly family radio talk show with family and friends. We have gotten the feedback that you continue to share us with us. Thank you so much. All hands on deck. Okay? Keep with us. Please stay with us. We certainly need your continued support on every level. Well, everyone, if this is your very first time listening to this program, you should know that it is now time for our signature in the news. And that's where we highlight the top trending news of the hour. Right now, we are set to kick it off for the week of June 28, 2016. I would like to give a friendly reminder that Let's Talk America Radio has collaborated with the one and only television station, SCB Television, out of Georgia on the Charter Network. And if you tune in, if you're ever in the Georgia area, you will find some awesome footage of In the News, the televised edition, where we keep you up to date on all of the national, global, and community news out there. Now, I will save you a trip. You can find that footage by visiting our website. It's easy to navigate. That website address is www.ltaradio.com. Again, and that's www.ltaradio.com. All right, everyone, we will now broadcast and kick off our edition of In the News. Deadly floods in West Virginia. 
At least 25 people are dead and hundreds of homes are ruined after heavy rain and flooding hit parts of West Virginia, including Greenbrier and Nicholas counties. It is being reported that 10,000 homes and businesses across the state are without power. President Barack Obama recently signed a federal disaster declaration for the state. In the news, deadly hotel attack in Somalia. At least 15 people are dead and over 25 injured after gunmen stormed a popular hotel in the Somali capital of Magashi over the weekend. Now, members of the Islamic militant group Al-Shabaab raided a hotel after detonating a deadly car bomb at the gate. Following the car explosion, suicide bombers blew themselves up inside the Nassau Hablab Hotel. Police did engage in gun battle with the attackers for several hours before the violent ordeal concluded. And finally, in the news, British Prime Minister will resign. British Prime Minister David Cameron announced he plans to step down after October of this year after the U.K. voted to leave the European Union. Cameron said he would attempt to steady the ship over the next few months, but that fresh leadership would be needed. The Prime Minister had led the vote to remain in the European Union, warning of economic and security consequences of an exit, but the U.K. still voted to leave by 52% to 48%. The European Union is a political and economic Economic Union of 28 member states that are located mostly in Europe. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's edition of In the News, but do stay tuned in to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio as we continue to spotlight the trending news of the hour. Now, I would encourage you to join us on Twitter. There we share some very timely news constantly, 24-7. The handle on Twitter is S.S. Thornton. Again, please join us on Twitter, very popular Twitter, and uh, join us as we tweet, and we do follow back. The handle again on Twitter is S. S-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Well, everyone, we will be back in seconds with our exclusive interviews for tonight. Stay with us. You're tuned in to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton Radio. Regina R. Tate is a Christian counselor, and she's written a book entitled There is a Bomb for That. The compilation is her platform to inspire and spread the love of God. The book is encouragement and motivation to get beyond and through everyday issues and problems using the Word of God. In addition, she shares some accounts of athletes and other well-known people doing admirable or not-so-admirable things to help push across her messages of encouragement. Tate combines her love of sports with her love of the Lord to inspire those of us who are on the Lord's side and others who are seeking reasons to trust in God. Within the book are articles or misses including Hold Fast, Gifts of the Cross, Call to Be Better, and Don't Get Weary all of which remind us that God is always pulling for us to get to the other side of the roof. In the missive, there's a bomb for that. Tate Vince, my head hurts because there is so little tolerance for the diverse prisms through which we see life, and there is a declining appreciation for the myriad ways we have come to survive life. She goes on to explain why her neck hurts, her eyes, her ears, her stomach, her feet, and even her heart hurt. But then she points out that she is not in a woe is me state of paralysis because she says, I have medicine. I have a bomb in Gilead. Her aim with the book is to remind all of us that we indeed have medicine for whatever ails us. Regardless of what the situation or the crisis is, there is a bomb for that. Books may be purchased on authorhouse.com or at amazon.com or you may visit the website, there is a bomb for that.com for more information. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Let's Talk America Radio. Well, if this is your first time or fifth time listening to the show, you should know that it's now time for our inspirational quote of the night, where I share one pretty moving statement made by those who often are well-known or anonymous. And tonight, the statement is, surround yourself with those who see greatness in you, even when you don't see it in yourself. Again, the quote says, surround yourself with those who see greatness in you, even when you don't see it in yourself. Oh, how powerful that is, not just for our small ones, our children, but also for adults as we progress on this journey of life, okay? It is so critical to be surrounded by those who are positive with you, those who are supportive and those who are inspiring you to be the best you because often individuals go through periods in their life where maybe they have some doubt or maybe they're going to a hard time that you certainly need uh, that coach, that cheerleader, that good friend, or that supportive, loving family member who's on your side, who continues to see the greatness in you. All right? Be the best you. Well, everyone, Beth Karras is up next. We have one dynamic conversation talking about the latest with the Baltimore case of Freddie Gray. If you do not know the police officer that was on trial, he's been acquitted. Okay, we're going to cover that and other very high-profile Profile legal cases in the news going on now. Stay with us. You're listening to your family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Safeguard Security Solutions is a certified service disabled veteran owned small business. We provide you with trained and trusted security guards. Safeguard Security is a trusted leader with proven expertise in a number of markets, including colleges and universities, commercial real estate, defense and aerospace, financial institutions, government services, health care, high schools, manufacturing and industrial, personal security, residential communities, shopping centers, transportation and utilities. For more information, please contact us at 678-369-7920 or at our website www.safeguardsecuritylc.com. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning radio talk show, Let's Talk America. You know, there's been a lot going on in the news. One of those trending stories, of course, is the Freddie Gray case that's been going on out of Baltimore. Um, happened, you may already know that Officer Caesar Goodson, Jr., who happened to have drove the police transport van while Mr. Gray suffered the spinal cord injury that ultimately cost him his life, he was recently um, up facing some very serious charges. Um, the prosecutor was supposed to have uh, one of the best cases against him, rather, that was considered by many, um, but he was acquitted last week in Baltimore, okay? I am no legal expert on this, and we're going to talk more about some other high-profile trials I have with us, the one and only leading attorney out of New York, Beth Karras. Beth, welcome back to Let's Talk America Radio. Well, thank you, Shana. Good to be back. Thank you for being on with us. Let's get right to it. Talking about the Freddie Gray case, you and I spoke about this case uh, last year when it hit the media with the riots and everything that was going on. Um, Many people thought that um, if not all of the officers, at least some, um, would be charged um, for the death of this young man. Uh, Here we are now, I believe it's the third trial, and the the one who drove the van, which they said prosecutors thought they had the base case, best case against him. He was acquitted last week. How did we get here, Beth? 
Well, he was acquitted of seven charges ranging from murder in the second degree under a theory of depraved heart, that it was depraved of the driver who had the responsibility, arguably the most responsibility of the six officers charged with uh, ensuring the safety of the passengers in the back of the van. There were two at one point, but Freddie Gray for most of the time. And uh, Freddie Gray, was, he was shackled, hands and ankles, and he was not seat belted. Uh, and so the theory is that a failure to restrain him by seat belt, also giving him a rough ride that jostled him in the back, also not giving him medical aid at the first opportunity that Freddie Gray asked for. All of those contributed to this depraved heart murder. Well, this was the second uh, trial to go to verdict, but the third trial, as you say, Officer Porter last December deadlocked, a jury deadlocked, not necessarily, at least uh, the information we have, not necessarily on guilt or non-guilt, but what is he guilty of? Because he was facing, I think, four charges, but not murder. He was facing manslaughter and, and lesser charges. So uh, the subsequent two trials, uh, the officers waived a jury and said, all right, we're going to put all our eggs in the judge basket. So these were judge trials, bench trials. Judge Barry Williams is the one who decided and acquitted both of these officers. So okay. that's how we got where we are today. And I think that of the remaining trials, three more trials and one retrial, they'd be crazy not to waive a jury. And I don't think the results will change because Goodson had the most responsibility. And the judge said, you didn't prove prosecution exactly when the injury occurred. Everyone agrees he was not injured at the time he was put in the van. The prosecution agrees he was not injured at the time he was put in the van. Okay. Did the injury occur after the second stop and before the fourth stop or after the fourth stop? And the sixth was the final stop, and he was absolutely injured by the sixth stop. Yes. So that, and there was no evidence of a rough ride. They had video of most of the ride, and the judge said you didn't prove that. So there was just not enough evidence. You know, uh, many people listening in right now I may remember Freddie Gray was detained after fleeing. Um, apparently to many people it happened um, unprompt. He uh, was taken in by the officers, and the neighborhood um, is Sandtown in West Baltimore. He uh, was put into a police wagon um, that, like you just pointed out, Beth, uh, made six different stops. Um, he was found unresponsive and not breathing, as you pointed out, um, by the last stop. Beth, I'm no attorney. Someone listening in right now from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they're no attorney either. But they're saying, but Beth, if he went into the van standing up, breathing, and then by the time you make the stop to get to the police station and he's unresponsive, isn't that, doesn't that mean at some point that there had to be neglect or some sort of physical abuse made by somebody inside of that van? Well, something went on, obviously, right? And the prosecution would agree with you and say, look, the six officers had a role in this at some point along the way. We're going to charge them all because all of them at some point should have made sure he at least had a seatbelt on him, and that was the internal rule. Uh, it was a nine-day-old rule that it was mandatory to seatbelt. But, the, you know, the evidence at the trial was, and it was disputed evidence, was that the medical examiner said this is a freakish accident, and okay. then she changed her opinion to it was a homicide, but at first thought it was an accident. And there was that Donta Allen inmate who was in there for part of the time saying that Freddie Gray was banging himself around, but he recanted and changed his testimony. So nobody knows like exactly what to believe. Was Freddie Gray like banging around, and did he actually have this freakish accident, or, you know, 
or did somebody do this to him? There's no evidence whatsoever that an officer ever hit him or did anything like that. Okay. There's never been any evidence of that, and that's not what the state said. The state never said an officer roughed him up. This is yes. not a chokehold case. This is okay. not a shooting case. And and so the, there there is a concern on the part of the defense, and I think the judge even said this, that, you know, if, if you take a neglect case, which you mentioned, and it is neglect, and the city has already paid out $6.5 million okay. for the neglect in a civil suit. But if you criminalize neglect of this type, cops aren't going to do their jobs because they're going to be too afraid. They're going to be charged with murder if somebody gets injured in a freakish accident. We are talking about the Freddie Gray case, the very um, high-profile case uh, taking place in Baltimore. Uh, three cops have already stood trial. Um, no one has been charged yet. No one has gone to jail. Um, the prosecutor seemingly will continue to prosecute uh, the remaining officers. We have with us top lawyer out of New York. We have Beth Karras on with us. I'm always honored to have Beth give her legal perspective. Beth, you mentioned cops. I want to go there because Baltimore Sun News recently reported there is a risk between the prosecution office and police officers, those detectives that were helping investigating what happened with the deceased, Mr. Freddie Gray. According to the Baltimore Sun News, they're saying that there have been some conflicts. There have been some very heavy disagreements um, with some people on the police or the detective sides claiming that the prosecution was out, if you will, um, quoting others that was said, paraphrasing, um, out on a witch hunt to get these police officers without trying to be objective. Could that have played a role with everything that's happened so far in the courtroom? Well, you know, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, a judge is deciding this case, okay. and the judge did refuse to move the case. He refused to dismiss the cases, and the standards for moving a venue and the standards for dismissing at, at you know, pre-trial are different from proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, but, you know, it, it may have. I'll tell you, what you raise, though, is an important issue and a reason why an independent agency should and does often prosecute uh, you know, cops or, or other law enforcement types who, who work with prosecutors' offices to avoid this very situation. The Baltimore Police Department, that's the department that works with the state attorney. And, if you, and the state attorney is going to be prosecuting the ones who work hand-in-hand -hand with them, bringing them cases. That does make for bad blood. So that's why an attorney general or some kind of special prosecutor okay. from a different county will step in and handle it so that the local prosecutor's office is not does not have the situation that's occurring. Wow. And I know you have some states um, that have fully implemented that. I believe the state you're in, New York, has um, Governor Cuomo has come out saying they want this way. There's an objective board or committee or group of some sort that's handling these issues? Yes, although, yeah, I was in the Manhattan DA's office, and we did have a unit within the office that investigated the police, but it wasn't unusual to have a special prosecutor or the attorney okay. general, some other agency, actually handle the cases. You know, um, going back to what's being said out in the media, there are articles um, that are or opinions suggesting uh, that the prosecution uh, should drop the four remaining trials. Um, do you think that's going to happen? And if it does happen, does that signal to the citizens of Baltimore, to everyone throughout the United States and the world, um, that this case has been defeated? Well, is it going to happen? I don't know, but I think that all four remaining officers will waive a jury, and I, would, I can't imagine that Judge Barry Williams yes. would uh, convict any of them since he's now acquitted Officer Goodson, who has the most responsibility, as we already mentioned. So I, I, I just don't know what that office is going to do. Um, but a lot of people all along have said, look, this is a wrong, but not all wrongs are crimes. 
I say that too. Not all wrongs are crimes. This for sure is a civil wrong and an administrative problem to be dealt with internally, to be dealt with civilly, and it's already been dealt with civilly. There was never even a trial. There was a big settlement of $6.5 million. Sure, it doesn't put any officers in prison, but it brings a little bit of, um, of justice to the Gray family. Okay. And um, we have to think about you know, what officers are doing every day. This is not a case of the kinds of misconduct that was alleged in in Ferguson, Missouri, in Staten Island with the chokehold of Eric Garner, in, uh, other, in, in Chicago and Tamir Rice, in, yes. in other cases where it's like a, a, like a shooting in the back or just okay. a shooting when somebody's holding a toy gun or a chokehold. This is not that. This is officers saying that we were carrying out our duties. Okay, granted, maybe he should have been seatbelted, but that wasn't a law that, if violated, is a crime. So that, that's the problem. So people shouldn't feel that there isn't justice here because I think that the, the police department feels absolutely chastised, and believe me, no one's going to be unseatbelted ever again in the back of a van. And Freddie Gray's family does have some justice. They do have a $6.5 million settlement. Um, as you pointed out, they have received $6.4 million um, in settlement um, with a uh, civil suit, and that happened in 2015. Beth, uh, but, you know, there are many out there saying this, and I believe this also. Money doesn't replace a life. Um, right. It just can't happen. The fact that his mother, his family, tucked the money, um, did that play any role into this or no? It shouldn't. Okay. It shouldn't. Um, and, you know, Judge Williams uh, obviously knows that. I mean, he's the trier of fact yeah. and law. He knows everything about the case. He knows okay. far more than a jury would have known if a jury had sat on this case. So, uh, you know, and people are saying that if, I, I think there would have been convictions if this was a jury trial. I think Officer Goodson okay. would have been convicted of something if it had been a jury trial because the reality is jurors do vote with emotions, too. And um, Judge Williams was just kind of looking at the law saying, wait a second, you know, you, did, you didn't prove this. I think jurors would have uh, convicted him of something. And it, just to be clear, you're an attorney, we're not. I know there's someone listening in right now from Greenville, South Carolina, saying, well, I thought every trial, when especially one of this nature, would go in front of a jury. You're saying not always. No, it's a defendant's right to okay. waive a jury. A defendant has a right to a trial of his or her peers, yes. but the defendant can waive that right. The state doesn't have any say in it. Wow. And, and, and just going here, it is also, I guess, tradition, not just in Baltimore, that the same judge would rule over all the trials related to that case? Yes, he is the judge who is presiding over all of these cases. So with a waiver of a, of a jury, it stays with the same judge. That's right. Now, the, you know, one side or the other could move to recuse the judge, but he would make that decision himself, okay. and recusing means removing him. So maybe the state will say, we don't want you anymore, Judge Williams. We think that you are biased against us. But okay. I don't know what grounds they would have for that, except that he's acquitting you know, the defendant. Are the uh, police officers, they, have they been dismissed or fired from their roles? Mm, I, I, well, they're on leave right now. Okay. That's my understanding. Without pay, I believe, but don't, don't quote me on that. I would need to check it. But I don't think they've been fired yet. Okay. I mean, if they were convicted, that would be a different story. But now yeah. they've been found out guilty, so it's as though it didn't ever happen. doesn't mean administratively, though, something uh, might not happen to them. Okay. And odds are, I know you have spent years as a prosecutor. Um, will they likely return to the force, even the first three that have not received any charges, or they'll likely not move on? 
Well, that'll be a personal decision. If the department you know, does continue to allow them on, and I suspect they will, it'll be a personal decision. Some of them are younger than others. Some may say, heck, I'm going to, you know, throw in the towel and retire. I don't, I don't need this. I, I, I don't know. It's a personal decision. I, I would think that uh, some of the six will stay on. Uh, before we leave the Freddie Gray case, um, there has been recent announcement that one of the uh, young men who was participating in the riots that caused arson or fire and some really bad damage was sentenced um, last week. Beth, um, I, I think many people don't think that when you're participating in riots, especially uh, ones that are potentially deadly when you're setting fire, that there are some serious charges. My understanding of the young man has received 20 years. You know, Shana, I didn't, I, I, I hadn't seen that. I apologize. You know, I'm not down in Baltimore, and um, and my subscription to the Baltimore Sun just ended. I got to re up, I guess. Okay. So, um, but yeah, you know, that 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 certainly sends a message that you know there are ways to express yourself when you're unhappy, and it doesn't have to m mean the destruction of of uh, private property and uh, endangering possibly the lives of people. Um, let's move forward. We'll have you back on as we continue with the remaining uh, trials, those four remaining trials of those officers with the Baltimore case. I want to move on to another trending topic, Beth, um, the deadly Orlando nightclub shooting of Pulse um, that left 49 victims, innocent people, dead. Um, as we know, um, Omar Martin, the uh, perpetrator, the gunman, um, ultimately died himself um, in a gun battle with police officers. Many people obviously around the world, horrified at what was seen on the news, um, this horrific, tragic crime. Will there be any charges against family members, in particular his widow, his wife, that now is seemingly was aware um, of his hatred, of the rage inside of him, and that he had purchased guns, and supposedly she knew he was going to cause harm to others? Well, it, I suppose it's possible the wife could be charged. It, it, it appears, if you if you believe Mateen's uh, statements, at least what I've read, that um, he was in an arranged marriage and that he actually had, you know, homosexual affairs with, with men. And yeah. um, and so I, I really don't have I have no idea how much he he actually shared with her. But the um, weapons were purchased legally, so there's not going to be any sort of uh, charges against the seller of the weapons. From my understanding, okay. regarding the wife, if she knew that he intended to do something and in any way assisted him or facilitated it, okay. made you know made it a little easier for him to do it, uh, then yes, I would yes, then she could possibly be charged. But usually, you have to take some step toward it, not just having the knowledge. Okay, we don't we don't prosecute people for just knowing something unless they have a duty. You know, if it's, a, you know, a teacher, a parent, somebody who has a duty, say, to, a, to, to safeguard a child and they know that something may, may, may happen uh, to the child, they have a duty to, you know, somehow intervene or, and report it. But yes. here I, you know, I don't, I don't know enough of the facts and I don't know that any of us know what law enforcement knows completely um, regarding the wife. But if she took any sort of steps to facilitate or um, make it happen, then yes. Wow. Um, very tragic. We'll continue to watch and see what happens with that. I believe the federal government, along with local Orlando police officers, are continuing that investigation. We're on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton radio show, talking to the one and only Beth Karras, leading attorney out of New York. We're talking about some of the very high-profile legal cases going on right now in the news. Um, Beth, let's talk Brock Turner, the swimmer from uh, Stanford University. Um, he was caught in the act of assaulting, sexually assaulting a young woman on the campus of Stanford University, very esteemed university there. Um, he was called. Uh, Beth, he has been sentenced six months, 
Six months in jail. What did we make of this? There are many people that have taken to social media really horrified and disheartened by what uh, they have witnessed. Indeed. Um, the prosecution had asked for six years. He was convicted of three felonies, and he had sexually assaulted uh, the 22-year-old sister of a, of a college student. The sister yes. had accompanied her, you know, her, her okay. younger sister to the party. And uh, both of them had been drinking. Uh, a jury convicted him. He could have gone to prison for a long time. He lost his swimming scholarship at Stanford. He's going to be a registered sex offender, and the judge felt that six months was enough. Well, as you say, it outraged a lot of people. But the, the point is it was a lawful sentence within the judge's discretion. It was lawful. The judge didn't do anything illegal. He was a little lenient. I've seen judges way too lenient, in my opinion, and also okay. you know, kind, of, kind of harsh at other times. So, but it's within their discretion. So it seems like the only recourse for Californians is to remove him. You know, he's elected, remove him okay. from office. Don't elect him next time. I mean, they want to recall him, but they need a lot of signatures of the county, not the I state, see. but the county where he, see. he presides. And the same county that elected him. Keep that right. in mind. Okay. And, Beth, I mean, I know you're an attorney, um, not a political expert in the sense, um, but I think that's something you brought up that a lot of people um, have just sort of touched on in the wake of so many high-profile legal cases um, from what has happened in um, outside of St. Louis and uh, Ferguson, Missouri, to um, New York, wherever you're talking in high-profile cases, that these are judges often that have been elected. And, uh, you know, not to get on the spill of, of voting or not voting, but Beth, that goes into the political system, right, that everything legal um, is not always just truly legal isolated. Some of it has to do with voting and politics. Yes. Judges are either appointed or elected. And the argument against elected judges is that they're going to pander to their constituents, even okay. though they're supposed to be above that. But the argument against appointments is that there's political patronage and that the person appointing, the governor or the mayor or whatever the governing body is that makes the appointments, depending on what level you're talking, um, that they're going to help their their friends out. Okay. So, and that they it may not appoint the best people, the best, you know, legal minds to the bench. So there are arguments for and against both appointment and, and election. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what is best. I've been before judges who are both. You know, I've been before appointed judges. I've been before uh, elected judges. And, um, you know, it's a crapshoot, it seems see. sometimes, and, uh, whether you get a, a good, fair legal mind. But I would say generally judges are all pretty good, regardless okay. of how they get there. Moving forward, you and I also discussed last year the unfortunate attack on uh, Mother Emanuel Church out of Charleston, South Carolina. Dylan Roof, the perpetrator, the gunman uh, who took so many lives, Beth, it has come out that the state of South Carolina, along with the federal government, both will seek the death penalty. Uh, what's next for him? Well, he was supposed to go forward with the state trial on July 11th, but that has now been continued into uh, later in the year, and the feds are going to go first. Um, I think I'm trying to find his, uh, the date of his trial. I think it's like it might be November okay. um, for his state trial. Yeah, Dylan Roof's state trial. No, federal trial is going to begin November 7th. I take okay. it back. And the state trial is in January. So um, the, normally I would think the states would have gone first. Yeah. And uh, if they didn't get death, you know, the feds would go. So he's either going to go to death row, Terre Haute, Indiana, for that's the federal death row, or death row in South Carolina, or maybe he'll get both. And then I'm not sure where he'll do his time, if he'll do his time in the state or, or federal. 
Okay. Wow. And before we um, finish off, we always love having you on. There's a famous Olympian that is, is facing some serious potential sentencing, right, in South Africa? Oh, yes. Oscar Pistorius is going to be sentenced on July 6th. Now, he was convicted of the equivalent of manslaughter okay. uh, for the February 14, 2013 shooting death of his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp, the lawyer, model, beautiful uh, woman. And he had, he had quite a, a uh, temper, you know, Oscar Pistorius, and, yes. and a little bit trigger happy. So the judge, it was a judge trial, not, not jury, had convicted him, sentenced him to five years. Under South Africa law, you can appeal, the prosecution can appeal a conviction, and that's what they did. They appealed it and said, wait, 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 the evidence supports murder, not, again, it's equivalent of manslaughter. They don't call it manslaughter there. And the appellate court said, you're right, we're going to convict him of murder. So now he had a sentencing hearing last week for three days. He's very emotional. They say he's now suffering PTSD, and you can't put him in prison. He's going to be sentenced on July 6th. It's supposed to be a minimum of 15 years. Same judge will sentence him, but she could mitigate it down a little bit. But I think he's going to go in for years now. Wow. We'll see next week. Wow. You know, I I think when individuals in this country look at the trials of other countries, sometimes we get a little baffled and say, well, it seems to be a straight shot or it seems to be a longer uh, system. But every country, in particular um, parts of Africa or Europe or South America, the judicial system doesn't work like the U.S., right, Beth? Right. Uh, Every system, uh, country is a little bit different, but we have, um, yeah, we have kind of a unique system. There are juries. Uh, in other countries, but the appellate process is different, as we just discussed in South Africa. I mean, we wouldn't have an appellate court saying, oh, wrong, you know, there wasn't enough evidence, there's too much evidence, it's really murder. They send it back for a retrial. They wouldn't just have a conviction. We saw it with Amanda Knox, also in Italy, a different uh, system. Wow. Beth Garris, always enjoy having you on. Of course, as the news continues to go, we will have you back on to discuss more legal cases, high-profile ones in particular. But before you leave us, of course, you're a top attorney, many other things, often seen on television and heard on various radio shows. Where can our national and international listeners learn more about you? Well, I operate a subscription website called karasoncrime.com, and that's yes. where I put up podcasts and videos of myself doing legal analysis, answering questions, blogs, and all kinds of interesting content. But I also have a personal site, which is kind of my static resume, at bethkaris.com. Awesome. Thanks, Beth, for joining us on your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Thanks, Shana. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thorpe. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, for millions of Americans who live with diabetes, managing the disease 24-7 a day, 365 days a year, can be very complicated and baffling. And we have got the messages from you all out there if you're living with diabetes yourself or you have a loved one. Yet despite nearly 40 new pills and injections approved over the past decade, a significant number of patients are still not at 
goal. That's right. But you know, here on Let's Talk America Radio, we are all about news, information, awareness, and education. I'm no expert on this, but joining us right now to discuss findings from new data, um, research, and more about diabetes in general, and they are presently at the 2016 American Diabetes Association scientific sessions in the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, which happens to be right now the meeting, the largest diabetes meeting in the world. At the one and only endocrinologist, Dr. Steve Edelman, with us. He is the founder of the patient-focused organization taking control of your diabetes. And I also have behavior psychologist, Dr. William Pulaski, with us. Welcome, gentlemen, to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you very much. Hi, good to be here. Thank you for being with us. First, I want to um, start with just general awareness. Dr. Edelman, my first question is for you. Explain what diabetes does to the body. Well, it's a complicated condition, but basically when you have diabetes, your body isn't able to handle the nutrients that you eat. And instead of the glucose helping your cells for energy, it stays in your bloodstream. And if your sugar is high in your blood for years and years, circulating through all your organs, unfortunately you get complications. And you, you've heard of eye, kidney, and nerve disease. Uh, yeah. You know, that's one of the, the buzzwords, and that's, that's what happens, and that scares people. So, and, you know, what we're talking about here in New Orleans, um, you know, with uh, you know, over 10,000 diabetes specialists, are all the latest and greatest uh, uh, areas of research, new therapies, and there's been a lot in the last 10 years, as you mentioned in your intro, and the bottom line is, why is it that we have all these great new drugs, oral medications, injectables, yet you look at the average glucose control in this country, it hasn't changed at all. And it's, it's mind-boggling to many of us caregivers here. Wow. I mean, and, and that is an interesting question. Now, do we have data or research that suggests why, Dr. Edelman? Yeah, I'm going to let my friend Bill take over. We've done some research together. Okay. Well, yeah, the, uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, we, we uh, recently published some or presented some study here at the meeting that really uh, helps us to understand probably the major reason why so few, so few people with diabetes actually make it to, a, as I like to say, a safe place with their blood sugars is because the medications that have been prescribed for them, actually people don't take. And okay. that seems to be more important than anything. It accounts for about 75% of why people end up with such high blood sugars and can end up with problems down the road. Shana, you know, we, just to say, uh, the doctor phrase is adherence. And okay. It, you know, it basically people are not taking the medications. And we don't we want to throw people with type 2 diabetes under the bus. It's tough to have type 2 diabetes. Yes. And you typically have to take a slew of medications on a regular okay. basis. So that's, that's the issue. It's hard to do. You know, Dr. Pulaski, I want to turn my sights to you, being a behavior psychologist. Um, I know you said that what the data suggests is that people just aren't taking their medication. Um, why? I mean, because here we're talking about diabetes, um, which, according to the World Health Organization, has really tripled in the last 20 years. Um, many of us already know how serious this disease can be. You can be at more risk for a stroke, more of a heart attack. Dr. Pulaski, why would, uh, you know, someone who obviously loves living, I would mostly say, most people do obviously, but they're not taking medication which could help their chances of living longer. Well, you know, I know my colleague Dr. Edelman would agree with me that one of the things that we've learned over the years is, first of all, no one's unmotivated to want to live a long and healthy life, but things get in the way and make it difficult. And okay. there's a lot of important reasons why this happens. And probably, well, a couple of the biggest ones is that Remembering and taking your medications over time okay. every single day can be a hassle, it can be inconvenient. And as you know, 
a lot of folks are suspicious about these prescribed medications. They're concerned wow. that maybe they're going to do more harm than good. And helping people to understand what, how, how we can, well, how, how we can help people make this easier to take their meds and help them to understand they can be your friends, not your enemies, really is probably a critical issue. Shannon, you know, how many people do you know that go out and take a bunch of supplements that you don't need a prescription for? And they, they, they equate taking prescription drugs with how poorly they're doing. And in fact, people with diabetes typically have to take a lot of stuff to stay healthy and to keep their blood yeah. sugars in range. So it's, you know, we need more people, we need more behavioral psychologists to help uh, with this issue of people being activated and wanting to take their medications, as you said, to live a long and healthy life. Absolutely. And then, Adam, and many people will say, I've heard uh, physicians like yourself say, uh, diabetes can be a progressive disease. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it's a progressive disease, meaning that you could do everything right. You can exercise regularly, you can yeah. eat right, you can take your medications, but over time, you might need a little more and more medication to stay at goal. So it's, it's, in a way, people look at it as a negative issue. It's basically something to know about. And it's another psychological issue because if a doctor says, hey, you need another medication, and you're going, hey, okay. I'm doing everything right, it, it could be they might feel quite depressed uh, that they haven't been doing things yes. right. So, you know, I yes. mean, what we're doing, Shannon, uh, what we're learning about at these meetings is new technologies to help address some of the needs of the patient. And there's some fantastic new therapies out there that's going to help address okay. this issue. Wow. Explain, because we're all yeah. about solutions here. Yeah. I mean, millions of people live with diabetes, and I believe personally, Dr. Adam, and those are the ones that have been diagnosed. I'm sure there are some who are in the pre-diabetes stage or those who just aren't going to physicians and don't know what's going on with the body. Yeah, you're pretty knowledgeable about diabetes, I can tell by your questions. I love it. Dr. Edmund, I want to go back to you. Um, we've had oncologists come on this show that have talked about um, now is the time of modern medicine and there's so many different options and cancer can be so customized in treating it. Now, we're talking about diabetes today, which affects um, more people, I believe, uh, likely than cancer does. You know, how are we looking right now in the scope of technology? I know you explained that, but in the world of medicine in 10 years, uh, do you see possibly a cure for diabetes? Um, well, don't forget, Shannon, we got type 1 and type 2, and they're quite yeah. different. I don't think there's going to be a cure, but I do think the therapies are going to be more tailored, just as it is they are in oncology. So, yeah. you know, I can tell you, you know, it's being at this meeting here for the last five days, I'm very optimistic. But here's okay. the thing. you got to get the medications we have now to the people, and just yeah. as we described, you have to engage them so they take it on a regular basis. And that's, that's one of the biggest issues we've discovered with all these new agents. We need, to, we need to get them to the patients and have them take it over the long term consistently. I love it. I know I touched um, earlier a few minutes ago on heart attack and stroke. Um, emphasize as a specialist, Dr. Edmund, you're an endocrinologist. You've spent years treating those um, with diabetes and other diseases. Just how critical it is to at least try to be adherent and compliant as possible so we can avoid those very serious, very serious issues such as a heart attack and stroke. You know what? I can answer that very simply. The, a the answer is absolutely yes. Be, type 2 diabetes is a preventable, is a treatable condition, and individuals do not have to develop complications. And just okay. early diagnosis, early therapy, and uh, continued maintenance with your caregiver. So 
It's an excellent disease to have these days, Shannon, because you know what? When many people are diagnosed, they start straightening up their lifestyle, losing weight. Wow. Uh, I love it. So and I don't want to oh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Doctor. No, no, I'm done. Please. Um, and Dr. Edmund, I don't want to overlook anything because I know medication and appliance, but I'm sure like other conditions that we've gone over, how critical is it to exercise if they can? It's, it's critical. It's critical. It's, it, and I would just say do anything they can, whether it's walking to the mailbox – and okay. increasing the distance over time, or more heavier-duty stuff, it's, it's key. Wow. And I will hear that weight and obesity is tied to nearly every condition, it seems. I'm sure obesity continues to be one of the leading factors for diabetes, Dr. Edelman. You know what? Uh, weight gain goes hand-in-hand hand with type 2 diabetes. And okay. uh, just it's important that your listeners know that um, part of it is in the genetic makeup. So they're destined to become heavy. So it's not so, and a lot of people with type two get a lot of grief that they ate themselves into getting diabetes. And Bill will tell you okay. that. Sheena, I know we have to go soon. I just wanted to say that if uh, people want more information about this, one of the best sources is to go to Dr. Edelman's uh, uh, website, which is tcoid.org. So I hope that'll be helpful to you and your listeners because uh, we really want everyone to get the word out. Planning for a bright financial future is always difficult. There are so many questions we need to answer. When should I start saving? How can I afford to put away savings for the future and still live a comfortable lifestyle today? It's my job to help you find the answers to these questions and build a plan to help you achieve your goals. Let's get together to talk more about your goals. We offer great rates and coverage you can depend on for your cars and your leisure vehicles. And I can also help you start planning ahead to protect the people you love can give you a great peace of mind. Please call 478-405-5860 or go to www.countryfinancial.com forward slash Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T dot Johnson. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Now, according to the American Institute of Stress, 48% of Americans say work stress negatively impacts their personal life, while 35% stress out about how much their job actually interferes with their personal family time. But there is hope with the summer vacation quickly approaching. Here to tell us more about all of this is the one and only work-life expert, Dr. Woody Woodward. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Hey, it's great to be here. Great to be with you. Now, let's uh, break it down. Sure. How important is it to take a break from the daily activities, especially work? Look, as Americans, we spend most of our waking hours working. And year after year, survey after survey has shown that the biggest life stressor, number one on the list, is typically work. So we owe it to ourselves to carve out that time to get away because what happens is when you're working all the time and you're stressed about work, you're also spend all your time around your coworkers and not around your family and friends. And so it's important to carve out that time. And I'm a big believer in extracting yourself from work and really planning vacations just like you plan all that work stuff that you do. So you know, keep in mind that the typical American only uses half their paid vacation in a year. Now, that's a lot of vacation you're leaving on the table, so I think it's really up to you to carve out that time to spend with your family and really immerse yourselves in being present and engage with them and create those memories for the future. 
Wow, and that's very important. Let's talk about memories. You know, uh, social media is out there, be it Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> or Snapchat, where people want to share memories. Right. But how can that be a distraction when we're trying to focus on our personal life or relaxation? It is so hard to disconnect. And what happens is we're in the digital, global, 24-7 wired world where even our kids have devices on them, right? And the idea is to get you out of that workspace, out of that home space, but also out of that digital space for a while. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be present and connecting with each other if you have your devices in your hand in front of you. So that's why I'm a big believer of when you go away, go to a resort somewhere that has everything under one roof so you don't have to go anywhere, a place like Kalahari in the Poconos where I'm uh, talking to you from today. Nice. And really, and, and really, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's also a place where you're not going to see that beauty if you're walking around on your phone. So what you want to do is talk to your family and say, look, let's keep our phones in the room, in the drawer, in the bag, wherever, and have set times when we're going to go out and be with each other. Like, for example, you know, here we have the largest water park in the area. If you're going to go out okay. to the water park, you don't want to have your phone on you. But what's great about that is you can really get lost in play. And that's something I think that as Americans we forget how to play how to get out there and just play. And our kids can really teach us that, especially if it's a big water coaster or a huge splash pool, you know, where you're having a lot of fun. Um, yeah. you, really, you really can get lost in that play, and it makes you more present and connected with your family and your kids, and I think that's so important. You are listening to your national award-winning family news talk program, Let's Talk America, with Shana Thornton. And we are on right now with acclaimed organizational psychologist and certified professional coach, Dr. Michael Woody uh, at Woodward. Thanks for being on with us. Let's talk about unplugging. You talked about social media in our lives. You're saying we can go on vacation to the water parks, leave it alone. But when you're talking about those preteens or teenagers, you know, uh, Dr. Woody, that many can seem addicted to social media. They need their smartphone devices. You know, how can we talk the kids into putting away the smartphone devices like what we're going to do because we're going to set great examples as adults? You know, I think the first thing is research has shown just the presence of your phone, your smart device, can actually alter the conversation and can make it even become more negative. So even if it's oh, off wow. and sitting in front of you, it has a negative impact because you're thinking about it, it's there, should it be on, is it going to vibrate or ring or ding or whatever it's going to do. So that's the first thing that's important. The second thing is have the conversation with your kids. It's not about um, broadcasting what's going on in the moment, it's about being in the moment. It's about actually enjoying it. It's not about letting your friends know about it. You can do that later. There's no urgency to tell someone, right now, I'm sitting on a water slide. They don't need to know that, and they're not following you that closely anyway. So step back. Do it later. You know, let them know, hey, if you want to post some stuff, we'll do it maybe at the end of the day, and we'll do a collection of the interesting, cool things that we did. But while we're doing those cool things, let's actually do them. Let's actually be immersed in it. Let's actually enjoy it and have fun with it. Then talk about it later. So I think that's the first step, but that's a conversation you got to really have with your kids. You know, Dr. Woodward, you're talking about unplugging. You're talking about really having a vacation or break or hiatus from the work life. And I know we talked about the survey at the top of the segment saying how individuals seem stressed and they're saying their work life interferes with their personal life. But you so eloquently stated a lot of that may be our attitudes, maybe our mindset of sure. maybe allowing other things, such as optional social media presence, to really cloud uh, what we're doing and, and maybe we're forgetting what's important, right? Look, I am a big believer that happiness is a choice. 
and it's a choice that we all have to make for ourselves, and it's not one that can be made for you. Now, are there times where it's harder to make that choice and times where it's easier? No question about it, but it still is a choice, and it's something that you have to really spend time thinking about and say, look, if I want it, how am I going to do it? How am I going to own my attitude? How am I going to own how I feel? Because I'm the only one that can really change it no matter what we want to believe or what self-help book we want to pick up. you got to sit back and do it. But sometimes part of making that choice is taking yourself out of a negative environment. If your workplace wow. is negative, take yourself out of it. If home, maybe it's not negative, but there may be some cues or things in there, or prompts that remind you of work or other negative things, get yourself out of there. Go to a place that's just about fun and just get lost in it. Because as Americans, okay. we forget to play. You're right. Playing is fun. It's not just for kids. But that's where we're, right. before you leave us, you know, there's someone listening to you right now, okay? They're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they're saying, I hear you, but I have a type of personality. I'm very ambitious. I'm very zealous about my career. They want to get ahead. You know there are lots of entrepreneurs out there that have been taught from day one. You can't miss any opportunity. Here you are advocating, taking breaks here and there to really relax and free your mind of stress. But you know those ones are saying, I can't stop, Dr. Woodward, because I've got to be successful. Your advice? Uh, so here's the first thing I'll tell you. A is uh, I used to live in South Florida, so a good shout-out to you. The second thing is um, I can tell you Hamid Mogadam, who is a billionaire entrepreneur who runs Prologis, actually takes time out every day to meditate. He takes 20 minutes. And there are a number of entrepreneurs I could cite for you and that I think your uh, listeners should look up that actually do spend time extracting themselves from their work and life because – Research has shown that when you take that time to get into nature or to pull yourself out of a work environment, it's actually rejuvenating and it helps boost creativity and mood. So I would say if you're so type A and you're so focused on just being on the treadmill, guess what? Okay. That treadmill's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to take those – you have to carve out thinking time. And any entrepreneur will tell you if you don't carve out thinking time, you will never, ever get off that treadmill. Wow. Amazing advice from the one and only Dr. Woody Woodward. Before you leave us, where can our national and international audience go for more information? I think check out KalahariResorts.com. It's a great place to unwind and disconnect. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, the arrival of that warm summer weather signals the season for three-day weekends and, of course, the time to plan your vacation adventures with family and friends, or maybe solo. Now, experts call those who seize the weekend to follow their passions Seekenders, okay, that's a new one. I like it. They live a life uh, first and are always up for an adventure. Now, joining us right now to help plan the perfect Seekender weekend is the one and only Kristen Hewitt, two-time Emmy award-winning reporter, columnist, blogger, and mother of two, and founder of the amazing blog Mommy in Sports. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, Kristen. Thank you, Shana. I'm so happy to be with you. Thanks. Very honored to have you. Now, talk to us about the Seekender weekend. Now, it's a pretty cool concept. How do we get started? Yeah, Seekenders really like to take advantage of the weekend to explore, and that's what I'm encouraging everyone to do. I always say if you're booking um, travel or airfare, try to plan between six 
in eight weeks out. But sometimes it's okay to be totally spontaneous. You know, three-day weekends are coming up, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, those long summer nights. So now is the time to seize your weekends and use some of that precious PTO time and go have some fun. Wow. So now tell me this. You know there are listeners out there saying, sounds fun, but the money is tight. I'm a mom, and I'm trying to make ends meet. Do we have to break the bank, Kristen? You do not have to break the bank, and that's what's so great about being a seekender. Some of my tips for traveling are, you know, start with a non-agenda. Don't plan too much, and that'll really help your budget. Just plan one okay. thing to do on the weekend and kind of go with the flow. Number two, check the websites. There might be some great parks or art festivals happening that you can right. check out in the city you're going. Um, I always say forget the diet. Just have fun when you're on <laughs> vacation, but that's just me. I don't know. Everyone's different. And, of course, you know, you need a great place to stay that's not going to break the bank, right? So we always yes. choose a property like Hampton by Hilton because they have more than 2,100 locations everywhere, and they offer great amenities like a complimentary breakfast, which my okay. kids love, the big fluffy waffles, breakfast yes. on the go bags, free Wi-Fi, free fitness center, and sometimes some locations even give you free water bottles. So think about how much money you spend when you're on wow. vacation just on water. So I always say, just like you said, you don't want to break the bank, but look for the best value overall when you're traveling. Yeah, I love that. Great advice. How can we make the trip memorable, fun? You know, you I know the kids are always saying, Mommy, Dad, I want to go there. Yeah, well, who you're traveling with is super important, right? So is it going to be a family vacation? Is it going to just be a spouse getaway? Are you going to have a girls weekend? Or like you said, are you going to go away by yourself? Which I've done, by the way. I've gone away by myself, Ooh. and it's amazing. So really think about who you want to travel with. And I think making a trip memorable is doing something you've never done before or yes. going somewhere you've never been and being spontaneous. I think is key. So many of us are glued to our phones and we never unplug. So I say be spontaneous. My favorite trip, Shana, when I was a little girl, was when my dad just woke us up in the middle of the night and said, let's drive to Savannah, Georgia. We lived in Orlando at the time. Wow. And we had no idea what we were going to do. And I remember that over any Disney World trip or anything that we really planned. So I think spontaneity can really make a trip memorable. Wow, and also fun. It's always yes. great to even surprise the kids. But as adults, you're right, you talked, uh, touched on the top of the segment that, you know, maybe the planning and the planning takes the fun out of it. Let's just, hey, let it happen, right? Yes, exactly. I love it. Now, from your perspective, professional and personal, why is travel so important? Because, you know, you know if those out there have preteens or teenagers, some will say, I'm playing my video game, Mom. I'm on social media. I'm good. We don't have to go anywhere. Well, and that's exactly why I think the Seekender began, because people weren't seizing the weekends. We're always so busy, and we get stuck in our routine, and we don't schedule the time for our families or even for ourselves. And like you said, you know, we can give our kids the latest app or the latest video yes. game, but realistically what they're really craving is that time with their families and fun weekend getaways. In fact, in a recent Hampton by Hilton survey, half of the respondents agreed that the best part of trying something new was creating those lifelong memories. So even if you have teens, it could be as simple as doing a staycation in your hometown okay. or traveling across the country. But bottom line, get out of the rut. Live like a seekender. Have some fun and try to enjoy every moment to its fullest before those teens go away to college and you actually miss them. Yes. <laughs> and I love the fact that you brought up uh, staycationers where, you know, even if someone's on a budget and they're saying, well, we don't necessarily have the money for the extra gas or the flight or the train, you're saying you can maybe go a few miles in the city and just enjoy maybe something you haven't done since they were small kids. Yeah, you know, I live um, near Fort Lauderdale, but we never take our kids to Miami so even just going to Miami or up to Jupiter Beach or even just going seven miles to the Fort yes. Lauderdale Beach you could just stay you know a couple minutes away from your house but that feels like a huge vacation going to the pool and going to the beach. 
How fun. Uh, listeners, you are tuned in to your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. We're on with the one and only, the columnist and reporter, Kristen Hewitt. Uh, Kristen, before you leave us, I want to touch on um, your blog. I am a blogger and a journalist as well, so a woman um, after my own heart. Talk to us about Mommy in Sports. So Mommy in Sports is um, a blog. I'm actually a sports television reporter in Miami. And nice. um, it took me a long time to have my babies. We actually had to do fertility treatment. So once okay. um, I had my babies, I decided to chronicle the misadventures of having kids and working in sports and forgetting your breast pump. Sorry to the listeners who don't like the word breast pump, but <laughs> forgetting your breast pump when you're at spring training. So I wanted to write about um, balancing. And I also interview a lot of athletes about yeah. parenting, which is really fun because most people think athletes are just extraordinary human beings when they're really just real people with That's the same right. problems we have that just have extraordinary talent. So Mommy and Sports com is all that blend about sports and parenting and healthy living. And I'm glad to hear you're a blogger as well. I want to check out your blog, Sheena. Yes, please do. Now, you know, there are listeners that are tuned in right now of different generations, from Generation Z to Millennials, Generation Xers, and also Baby Boomers. And uh, they know, they've heard the word journalist, they know there are a lot of them out there, but they're not necessarily familiar with seeing females in sports journalism. What sparked that interest for you? You know, I'm so glad you asked that, um, because ESPN just did a story on me and they didn't bring up this point. But my mom was an athlete. My mom was wow. a softball pitcher, and she took me. I grew up in Orlando in Minnesota, and she took me to all the Orlando Magic games. And I was a terrible athlete, but I okay. loved sports. And I loved that every night you never knew what was going to happen. Yes. So um, that's what I love about sports and why I work in sports, because it's always a different outcome. It is a little bit challenging, though, to work those late nights with the kids getting okay. up early in the morning. But um, my mom really was my biggest influence. And even though I didn't play sports, she um, – I became a journalist and the, the sports editor of our high school newspaper, and that's kind of how I trekked into the sports world. Wow. So you sort of broke away from the mold of what, um, I guess, mainstream society would expect from a female journalist. Any advice for an aspiring journalist or maybe a, a young boy, a young girl out there who doesn't really fit the mold, but they want to do something that's extraordinary? Yes. I always say intern. Get every place you want to do. If you want to work in the media, I always tell people to intern in radio. I've interned in radio, intern at a newspaper, intern at a TV station. You have to be able to shoot, write, edit. Um, the more well-rounded you are and the more places you intern, the more yeah. contacts you are going to make. I mean, every job I've ever gotten, Shana, has been through a contact. I've never applied for a television job. So the wow. more real-life experience you can get, the more hands-on experience you can get while you're in school, that's going to propel you to the next level. And listen, I work with a lot of millennials. The one phrase you never want to utter is, that's not my job. Because when you are starting out in any business, it is your job, and you got to put in the elbow grease if you want to be successful. Yes. And, Kristen, that's great advice, just not for millennials, but some of the Generation Xers and older, <laughs> definitely. Hey, before you leave us, uh, tell us where we can go find more information on Seek Ender Suggestions and also about you. Oh, thank you for asking. Um, again, my blog is mommyinsports.com, but if you would like more inf inspiration to plan our book, Your Seek Ender Weekend, please go to hamptonseekender.com, and you'll find some great inspiration for your next vacation. Kristen, what an honor to have you on Let's Talk America Radio. Keep it going. Thank you. Are you looking for a family-based radio talk show that addresses the relevant issues and concerns of today? You have found the right option. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is your award-winning radio talk show that's for every member of the family. We feature meaningful conversations each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our brand-new website by visiting www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is 
Talk Radio with Substance. Tune in. Welcome back, everyone. Well, that's an official wrap for Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton for this Tuesday night. Thank you for sticking with us. Join us again this Saturday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on the one and only WAEC Love 860 AM radio station out of Atlanta, Georgia. There will be a new show, a new segment with new guests in the studio live, so you want to tune in. You can tune in from anywhere in the world by simply visiting www.love860.com Again, the website to listen to Let's Talk America radio show this Saturday, July the 2nd, 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is www.love860.com Now, once you're on the website, you want to look at the top bar and you're going to click Listen Live. And there you can hear our show streaming live from anywhere in the world. But of course, if you're driving around in the Atlanta area, please do turn your car down to 860 AM radio. We certainly appreciate all of the love and support. And we will be back on again live next Tuesday night, July 5th, 2016 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your weekly radio talk show. We certainly appreciate all of the support. Please visit our website at www.ltaradio.com. Our website has a new address, easy to remember, a lot shorter than the previous website's address. It's www.ltaradio.com. There you can find more information on our national partners and sponsors, more trending news topics. You can connect with us on the various social media outlets. You can also reach out and send a message, any feedback, suggestions for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Of course, we love timely news, dynamic talk, and great music. And tonight, the music of Michelle Johnson joins us on the air. The track is titled, Thanks for Loving Me Too. A special acknowledgement to all of our independent artists, those who are signed on midsize and large labels. Thank you so much for submitting all of your music to Let's Talk America Radio. It is an honor to be with you. You're an amazing journey of sharing music. Do stay with us. Well, everyone, have one phenomenal week. Do stay informed. We will be back on in days. Stay with us, everyone. Again, the beautiful voice of the one and only Michelle Johnson will close us out. Have a great one. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is an entity of Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016. Views expressed by guests are their own. They do not reflect those of the staff or production of Let's Talk America Radio.
see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. 